Welcome to Based on Real Events. I'm your host, EJ Gullett, and coming from me, whoa, coming from me, he ain't coming from me nowhere, but coming from South Florida, Mr. Jay Kington. Good evening, morning, afternoon, whatever spot on this crazy rotating rock we call Earth. Happy to be here, bud. How's everything going in Southern California? Hot. Hot, 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 hot outside. So it's 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 ranged between you know eighty to eighty five. You know this weekend up to ninety ninety six, I believe. But you know, I'm not complaining. I've been to Florida in the summer, and it's fucking hot in the fucking. Gets sticky. It's been a lot of strange storms that have been coming through like out of nowhere. So it's been pretty uh pretty damp outside. You know, humid. Yeah, well, you've been telling me there's been some really strange weather going on there. Like what? Like, uh, you know, a little uh, hurricane action sometime soon here, yeah, you think? it seems very hurricane-y. Like, just out of nowhere, the sky will go black. Then it'll just, winds will rage and rain will rage. And then it'll be done in an hour. Sometimes it's done in 10 minutes. Uh, I probably the, it's probably the lizard people, to be honest, dude. They're it's predicting all this shit coming true. what you're going to get. I know exactly what I'm what I'm gonna get if I was in bed with you. Mm-hmm. At least a three star rating. Some soft hands. <laughs> Some baby hands. Uh, well, it's funny you're talking about weather. It definitely ties nicely into this little segue here of the movie we're gonna talk about tonight, Did which not is even planned that. That was awesome. I, it was. It was pretty nice. It was pretty nice to talk about a 1996, you know, classic. As uh, as we like to refer to now, Mr. Twister. Talking about Twister tonight. Titty Twisters, to be T- exact. Uh, no, no, we are not talking about Titty Twisters. But if you would like them, Jay gives them out on Tuesday in Fort Lauderdale. Half off on Tuesday. It's That's taco right. Tuesday special. Come get a taco. Come get a nipple twist. <laughs> now the funny thing about this movie is it was inspired from the real life board game Twister. Who fucking knew? I'm just kidding. That's not how it came from. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, clearly Jay did not do any research for this movie, but I will be leading you through this on, on, on this well, episode. I, just, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know of a Twister board game. What are you talking about? What's that game? What's that board game called where you put your uh, hand on a corresponding color that it lands on? And then you have like two other people playing in the game with you, and then you kind of like it says like right foot green. You put it down. Okay. 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 You know what game I'm talking about? I don't classify that as a board game. Well, it's a mat game at best. I think a board game. I think a board game can be kind of a a slang terminology for a a classic game that you play. In my mind. Uh, Well, whatever. Whenever you're coming to visit us, or I'm coming to you. We're gonna buy that uh, that that board game I shared I shared with you. No need to talk oh, about it here. I already have it. I already have it in my in my uh, in my cart, man. I'm ready to buy it. And you're talking about the uh, oh man, what was that game called? And, until they pay us, we're not doing plugs. Well, I'll leave them out. But 
I don't think they're paying anybody right now as a Kickstarter campaign. You said there's two. There's Mixtape Massacre and Mixtape Massacre. Yes, well, Escape from Tallox was their first, and then now they're Mixtape Massacre was the first. Oh, it was. Oh, is their new one? Well, Escape have like that that Alien expansion, which I'm so down with. I know. Well, there's two different game board games, so maybe we should buy one of each, Jay, and jump in. You're still listening. (laughs) Shout out to you. You're the real supporter. (laughs) Yeah, shoot, shoot, shit. I am sorry for going on a rant here. Uh, It's all right. Let's tighten it up a bit and tell me what you're watching, buddy. All right, fine. I'm still watching The Sopranos. Uh, Still great, fantastic. But I've kind of just like hit that stalemate. You ever watch like a, a show and then you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to come back to this. That's, that's kind of what I'm, I'm like. All right. I stopped here and I'm going to come back. Season. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a dull season. It was just like it ended. And I was like, that's a lot of gangster shit. Like I need a moment. So I started watching. I was like, what else is out there right now? Like people have been sending me some recommendations of things to watch. And I had to watch this because I absolutely ate it up as a kid. But the Unsolved Mysteries reboot on Netflix, eating that up right now. Uh, and I'm also watching season six of Alone, which is a fantastic show on Netflix, but I'm pretty sure it's a Discovery Channel show. But yeah, I think so. this, do you know what the, do you know what the show is? Yeah, I know the premise. Yeah, it's like 10 people. They go out into the wilderness, how long they can survive for $500,000. Interesting real life survival stuff. I love watching it. Um, and then I watched this week, What We Do in the Shadows of the Movie. Uh, again for like the fourth time can't recommend that movie enough uh it is one of my all-time favorites now and i just saw it this year and i'm mad it it took me this long to see it uh it it is jay i think i've told you to watch it like six times you have to watch it (laughs) yes yes you have (laughs) i haven't shut up about it but anyway i digress what are you watching sir uh, well, because you told me to watch it, I also watched what we do in the shadows. So, um, oh, you did? I didn't even look down on this. <laughs> yeah, and I was I was waiting for you to set me up, but it was, it was a little delayed out there. It's okay. We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll just we'll do it my damn self, I guess. Yeah, no, uh, very very good movie. Uh, my Chloe was like falling asleep and then woke up. I was like, what the hell is this? And she kind of got sucked into it as well. I want to start the show as well. Um, and then also kind of in the same boat as you, uh, I've been watching Unsolved Mysteries because I used to love that as a child. Oh, man. Yeah. I did. I, I really love that show. I'm sorry. I'm just really glad that they didn't get they did not replace the host. Like, I'm glad that it kind of goes in a new format for this. Yeah. Thing. So I wasn't happy about that because I wanted to. Is that did that host die? <laughs> I truly don't know. Um, something tells me he's either died or he's just retired. and He didn't want to do it. But I, I feel I like if you're still alive and kicking, you're going to get paid some cash yeah, for this. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I went to the alien one first just because I'm always intrigued by alien stuff. And for some reason, there's just you don't get it very often. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, very, very uh, interesting um, show for sure. And then I, we're still watching Billions. Um, kind of like you, though, like I was watching The Last Kingdom and I stopped after season two. I do need to get back into that. But I kind of just hit a part where I was like, OK, I'm going to take a break. Yeah, you have to. And you know what's funny, Jay, about talking about unsolved mysteries? Uh, I'd watched that the Berkshire, uh, the Berkshire episode two with the UFOs, and I was really high watching like the rest of them. And I was I was thinking I was like, man, you know what would be a great podcast is if there's like two hundred something episodes of unsolved mysteries out there. I wonder how many have been solved. Like that would be a really cool. And then I looked it up, and fuck, it's it exists. Of course, it exists. I was so upset, but it's called Resolved Mysteries, and I kind of love it. It's it's a pretty genius idea of the podcast. 
anyway, free shout out there. <laughs> there you go. Shout us back, right? Um, <laughs> uh, I stumbled across this movie on Hulu. It's called Once Upon a Time in Venice. Huh. It's got um, Bruce Willis. It's got John Goodman. It's got... Um, what's that dude's name from Silicon Valley? The main guy? I believe TJ Miller. I'm trying to look. Huh? No, 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 no. The, the main guy. Um, Thomas Middleditch. Yeah, Thomas Middleditch in it. Um, and then it's got like Jason Momoa. Um, it's got a bunch of random people in it, but it, it's like this kind of um, neo noir, 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 however you, how you say that. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of like that, but it's 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 just all these random events that happen in like modern day uh, Venice, and it actually turned out to be pretty damn funny. Uh, so I watched that. Recommend that to anybody. Again, it's on Hulu. It's called Once Upon a Time in Venice. Uh, probably one of Bruce Willis's finer uh, movies over the past, I don't know, 10 years or something like that. Also, Fom Janssen's in it, and I always love Fom Janssen, so uh, down with that noise. Um, but yeah, that's basically pretty much all I've been watching. Um, watch a whole bunch of war shit for, uh, you know, the July 4th and whatnot. And oh, uh, The Outpost, which is really good. And we're going to cover this sometime in the future. But The Outpost came out, I want to say, on last Friday or something like that. Awesome, awesome, true story oh, cool. uh, about the events in the Kamdesh Valley in Afghanistan. Um, really intense movie. Uh, it's got Orlando Bloom. Uh, that's pretty much the only actor anyone else is going to uh, realize. Um, but also the guy, he star, he didn't star, but he's also in uh, The Dead Don't Die. Um, he's been popping up. He's definitely like an up-and-coming actor, but he gives a hell of a performance in, uh, in this movie. And um, his name is, um, what the hell is it? Uh, Caleb Landry Jones. Um, Bro, you're leaving out another big person here. We're leaving out Scott Eastwood, who's Clint Eastwood's son. Yeah, but he's not really. In, I don't. I can't name another video he's in. Another movie he's in. Yeah, another movie. So I'm just. I'm just leaving out. But watch it. Very good. Uh, very emotional. Definitely towards the end as well. Uh, again, true story. Oh, it's an intense movie. You're gonna have to watch it. And that's basically all I've been watching. Uh, I will check it out. I will watch any war movie. So I mean, this as soon as we get done here, sir. Uh, they just dropped Midway on uh, HBO. So I'm watching that tonight for sure. Oh. I will do that as well. It, this will hit you a little bit deeper for sure. Like I always get emotional in war movies. I don't know. Like I just grew up. Dad was a big uh, World War II buff. I grew up loving the Confederate and Revolutionary War. And then, of course, uh, grew fond of World War II because I would always watch documentaries with my father. Um, I always get emotional in that and shit like that. Uh, my family's fought in every war except for my generation, um, which I, I kind of still regret. To this <laughs> but... Um, I don't know. There's always been a soft spot in my mood and in, in my heart for war movies. And, um, they always kind of get emotional. Uh, you particularly will, will find this emotional cause you were there. I think probably at the exact time. I want to say this is 2008, 2009. Um, I was so, there in 2011, but I was oh, in, no. I was in Iraq. God damn time flies, man. Shit. Oh no, it really does. Yeah, I know you were in Iraq. This is in Afghanistan, but still, you know, kind of same, um, you know, few years span of, of the, uh, the war in Afghanistan, war in Iraq. So great movie. Everyone should watch it. Uh, we'll be doing a, a more in-depth uh, episode of it because it was, I believe, the last time or the first time two different 
soldiers were awarded the Medal of Honor in one battle since World War II. Um, so pretty intense shit happens there, man. Awesome. I mean, well, I'm excited to watch it. That's I really hadn't looked too much into it. I you were telling me about it, but I've it's been a busy week, so I'm definitely gonna watch that. And then this weekend, I'm definitely watching Greyhound as well. That new Tom yeah, Hanks yeah. movie on Apple TV. I don't know if you great. follow Funker Five Thirty. They're like a military like Facebook group. They always share like you know, videos and stuff from from you know Iraq and Afghanistan. But I had heard about this movie like I don't know six months ago, and I was like, oh, that's gonna be dope. But it's like such a low key movie, and especially with all the movie theaters being closed. So they like just shared that it was coming out, and I just happened to scroll across, and I was like, oh yeah, this movie definitely gotta check it out. So do that. But yeah, Midway and Greyhound. Greyhound looks amazing as well. Yeah, it does, and 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 I think that's. Uh... I mean, us talking about it, it, I think we'll be covering a lot of war movies on this podcast, uh, I feel like, because it's such a big interest of ours. So I'm excited to dive in because I think knowing the real true story of of these Hollywood movies is just as important, if not more important, than, than seeing the movie. Like, can't wait to cover American Sniper on this on this show. Yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, they're very important. I mean, I think the greatest thing about being an American is is like – these are very trying times. So, you know, people don't want to be like outgoingly, like so pro America, but I don't know, man, it just hits me in, 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 in my soft place to like the, the, you know, the page being a Patriot, you know, like something bigger than yourself and, and protecting the man to your left, the man to your right or man or woman. Um, you know, those are really some of, I think Americans most defining moments in, in situations like that. So, uh, we will be covering quite a bit. It's stuff I know both of us are passionate about. Um, it's kind of weird because it started more of like a horror, sci-fi, aliens, true crime kind of um, background. But now we're opening it up to really anything based on a, on a true story. And I think there's a lot to be said about the true story behind a lot of these events. Yeah, I think it's a better format than what we got now here. And uh, I agree with, with everything you just said there. But the real reason we're here tonight, Mr. Jay Kington, is because we are talking about a true classic, some great American actors in them. And I'm talking about, of course, 1996's Twister. One of the best, if not the best, tornado movie to ever drop. And I only know one other, and that's Sharknado, and I think it's beating Sharknado. Of course it's beating Sharknado, but it's not beating Sharknado 2. The Sharknado 2 is the tits. The tits, bro. The but yeah, tits. So- uh, done by Warner Brothers, directed by Jan Debon. Warner Brothers and Universal, I should say, oh, as uh, Universal had Amblin Entertainment under them, which is Spielberg, and Spielberg, uh, ironically, owned the rights to this movie. Uh, not the movie, but the name Twister, because he really wanted to do a movie uh, about a tornado, but uh, the CGI wasn't right until here. So, yeah, I mean, kind of, that's like the same kind of trendy took with avatar if i remember correctly is that he's had the, he had he's the producer on avatar or was it uh was it maybe i i honestly don't know no um oh it was james cameron sorry james cameron oh, okay yeah uh, he directed he had, it had the idea for like years and it, this the technology wasn't there yet but uh very cool i mean this was like in the height i'd say the 90s were the height of when the disaster genre movie kind of established itself right Uh, yeah i mean you had the same year you had independence day release uh and you know had it not been for independence day i mean this movie would have been the big blockbuster of the year 
but you know, Independence Day took a spot. But yes, um, I mean, the like the disaster movies have been around before that, but this is a like a granddaddy, a grandmother, if you will, of like the disaster movie kickoffs here. Yeah, yeah, so. but, well, but like you know, like in the nineties, you had like Dante's Peak. Um, what was the other one with Tommy oh, yeah. Jones about the volcano, baby? Oh, uh, they just called volcano. That makes so much sense, dude. I love volcano. Yeah, so this kind of like really uh, kind of established that uh, that genre. Uh, the writers are uh, Michael Crichton and Anne Marie Martin. Uh, the cast on this, um, you know, maybe not at the time had their recognition, but we're talking about the great Bill Paxton, who I love so much, uh, Helen Hunt, who. Sorry if this offends anybody, but I just don't find her attractive. Uh, and the late great <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman, R.I.P. to one of the ghosts, as well as uh, as well as Carrie uh, Els. 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 Ooh, yeah. and, yes, and there's some more. Um, there's a Mr. Mr. Princess Bride himself over here. Love, love yeah. Carrie Els, and I'm an R.I.P. to Bill Paxton and Philip Seymour Hoffman, of course. Uh, Such legends, man. Both taken out, both taken out in their in their primes, man. Well, actually, yeah, Bill, maybe not not their primes, but you I know, think Bill died of natural causes. I think no, he died. He died of uh, heart complications after surgery. <laughs> Fuck me, right? I assume everyone's watched this movie. If you're not, your childhood is a wash. If you uh, were born post nineteen ninety six and you're just a scrub and you're not in touch with American cinema culture and history, <laughs> and anyone who thinks this movie is not great can suck my Philip Seymour Johnson. Please suck it hard, that Philip Seymour Johnson. Suck it hard. Special effects are amazing, considering this is nineteen ninety six. Kind of similar to uh, Crichton's also uh, or other work, Jurassic Park. This was when CGI really established itself as a serious threat and contender in cinema. This oh, yeah. is when it finally got good enough to where it was believable on the screen. Yeah, I would say like Jurassic Park was that kickoff in 93 and then, you know, this continued it and there was other, I'm sure there's some other 90 movies that are escaping me right now that are uh, still hold up. But like, you know, it's this movie, even as I went and rewatched it, last weekend um it, this movie like when you look at the tornado sure some of them are a little fake looking but for the most part they look pretty damn good like mm -hmm. all of them uh, i i love this movie uh I, I can't say enough about it it's it brings back so many nostalgic childhood memories for me watching them with my mom it's 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 weird but um great movie uh movie. hard to believe it came out 24 years ago I know that's weird. I have to do something for the twenty fifth on this too. That I wonder what they'll do for it. I'm sure they'll have some let's, big. Let's just take a trip to Orlando or not Orlando, Oklahoma. <laughs> oh oh yeah. Some... Well, did you ever go on the Twister ride in Orlando at Universal yeah, Studios? I have, I have been uh, on the Twister ride. It's pretty cool, dude. It was amazing. I like. I was like a six year old, seven year old kid at the time, and I was like, you know, you had to like hold on, get strapped down, and like yeah. I was so light that like I actually got picked up by that wind. Like it, it was fucking cool. I remember the smell of the room. Yeah, I do too. Like it's it's, it's right. Well, it's like, it was like that that fresh rain smell when you walked in yeah, there. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like it was. They had some really cool rides back in the day at Walt Disney World and uh, Universal Studios in Orlando. R.I.P. Jaws. R.I.P. What? Jaws. They closed the Jaws ride. Uh, they did. They still have it out here in L.A. Though it's 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 cool. You can go on the studio tour here. 
in LA and you, they take you to through universal studios and you're just on this cart, but like, there's all this shit happening. They take you and you go past the old clock tower that, uh, they shot back to the future on. They take you to like oh, these nice. old West scenes. They take you to, um, where they shot psycho. It's cool. And then they take you on the jaws ride and jaws is swimming around in there. And like the whole thing breaks apart. It's, it's cool. Uh, fun ride. Well, but tell us how this movie came about, bud. Well, the idea is actually baked off based off the work of scientists at the National Severe Storms Laboratory, or the NSSL. Now, in an effort to collect weather data from inside a tornado, the NSSL researchers created a a device, and it was called the Totable Tornado Observatory, or TODO. Now, this was named after Dorothy's dog in The Wizard of Oz. Hence where the name Dorothy came from in the movie Twister. But during a stint in the 1970s and 80s, several groups from the NSSL and the University of Oklahoma tried to deploy Toto in a tornado, but were never successful. Now, Toto officially retired in 1987, but the device, as well as Dorothy and Jonas, uh, Jonas's, uh, the, the Carrie Ells character, the team of bad scientists who were at it for the money, uh, Dot 3, are all displayed at the National Weather Center in Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, we'll have to post this on our social pages, but pretty cool. I mean, I don't. Would, I've been to Oklahoma one time. Never go back there again. But you know, if I'm ever somehow wind up there, sure, I'll go to Norman, Oklahoma, and see this. Now, yeah, uh, there's probably not much else to see in Oklahoma. So hey, you know, dude, I did my basic training in Oklahoma, and I didn't go outside the gates for nine weeks. When that nine weeks came and like my whole family came to visit, we went out to dinner. The first thing I see as I open the gate is uh, a tumbleweed just rolling across the field. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's kind of interesting. So it it sounds like uh, these were never successful. Where in the movie they finally get it right. That's right. So they, you know, the movie really it really worked with a lot of scientists, uh, specifically a, a researcher named Harold Brooks. Um, really worked with them to kind of get all the terminology down, uh, get, uh, make sure that they had certain things right. But they, to add in that dramatic effect, they added in, uh, certain things to Hollywood it up, uh, that being, you know, Dorothy and actually getting her to fly and it being like the end all be all, uh, Carrie L's team and his, uh, bad scientists who are in it for the money. Um, and then, you know, obviously Bill Paxton, who is divorced from his, uh, ex-wife, uh, Joe, and then bringing his new fiance there to the thing. It was all a, you know, very Hollywooded up. But uh, aside from all that added on there, this is what it stems from. It stems from this uh, Toto and uh, from the idea to gather research. It's unfortunate it was never uh, successfully done or it would have been a really cool thing. But, you know, with new technology today, they're able to learn more about tornadoes than ever before. And it's still a fucking mystery. I'm surprised no one else has tried this since. Uh, me too. Maybe we should have them all rewatch the movies and, uh, you know, uh, see if they'll just put some Pepsi cans and, uh, you know, put a little pinwheel on the back of them and see if they'll fly. I mean, let's just go do it ourselves next year. That's fine. I can do some weather chase. Dude, when I saw this movie, I wanted to weather chase. Like, I wanted weather chase. I wanted to tornado chase. I wanted to be a tornado chaser. It was the coolest thing in the world. And I wasn't the only one uh, who did there. That This movie actually received 
a, uh, a change in real life meteorology interest. Uh, and it's because of that, it inspired a whole new generation uh, of people interested in science and weather. And it also really led to a vast increasement of the enrollment of the meteorology programs. I think when I was reading some guy uh, from the University of Georgia, John Knox, uh, he actually referred to this as the twister effect, which I guess is clever, but I mean, I mean, it's just it's interesting because tornadoes, you know, I guess outside of like a, a tsunami or like or an earthquake, they're just like some of the most they're just unpredictable, right? It's like a hurricane, like we know it's coming, so we can prepare down here. Um, but like literally out of nowhere, you know, a twister could just come out of the sky and just wreak havoc and take lives, and um, they're pretty terrifying. You know, they're majestic in their own right, but uh, incredibly um, damaging as well. So it definitely is, a, I think it piqued the interest of a lot of, of people. It piqued my interest as well. I remember going out in my neighborhood during thunderstorms, just you know, out with buddies, you know, trying to storm watch and stuff. So, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, movies. it's uh, besides earthquakes, tornadoes are absolutely terrifying. Uh, scared the shit out of me as a kid but also just piqued so much interest. But I, dude, anytime there was a tornado potentially in the area of our neighborhood, man, I was in the basement. I'm like, nope, I'm good. Like this thing, I just, I remember being a kid and then like, I think my mom told me, it was like, no, tornadoes jump over every other house. And I believed it. And I was like, all right, cool. So like we got a 50-50 chance here. If a tornado came down the street, like it's probably going to jump over our house. I'd, maybe. Rather, I'd rather die in an earthquake than die in a tornado. Oh, no. Really? Yeah, I would rather just a building crumble. Have you ever been in an earthquake? And twirled around and thrown out. You know, have, you, have you ever been in an earthquake? No, but I would not want to be thrown 500 feet up in the air to fall to my death. I'd rather just be crushed. But what if you're not crushed? What if you're just sitting there underneath the rubble and you're collecting air? And not even collecting air. You're just losing air slowly. That, that to me, is more terrifying, that honestly, is an earthquake. I, that shit scares the fuck out of me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh to make sure the script was as realistic as possible the screenwriters along with steven spielberg and kathleen kennedy consulted with scientists from uh the noaa uh, bill paxton spent a lot of time with the uh, nssl uh, to get a feel for coordination the, the the kind of acts that needed to be successful in tornado equipment or experiments rather and actual tornado chasers took the actors out on real tornado chases which is uh, pretty cool, but more specifically, they work with. Uh, you already mentioned Harold Brooks, but uh, a meteorologist from the NSSL, um, and yeah, he advised them and, and really, uh, I think, was a big influence on this film, uh, seeming a lot more realistic than you know someone just trying to throw a script together of what storm chasers would do. Yeah, and and shout out to Harold Brooks, and honestly, shout out to um, our podcast friends over at Bad Science. Uh, if you want to listen to a little bit more in depth of Harold's interview over there, it's a pretty fascinating listen. Um, that's on Bad Science, uh, hosted by Seeker. So really cool. Shout out to Ethan over there. Um, now on the entertainment side, uh, even though Toto was retired in 1987, that didn't uh, that really inspired screenwriters Michael Crichton and Anne Marie Martin who were inspired to develop the story, develop a story around a similar device. And Steven Spielberg, he wanted to create this movie well before 1996. Uh, and as I said earlier, he actually owned the rights to the movies, but due to the CGI, it just wasn't the right time to create this. 
Now, however, Jay, I, I did get curious, you know, jumping into this research. I wanted to know really in the movie what they got right. And there's not that much, <laughs> but there's some. Yeah, it's, a movie, okay? <laughs> it's a fucking movie. But I will say that in the scene that everybody still talks about today, the flying cow, that's not too far-fetched, to be honest. Uh, it's Most strong storms do pick up huge objects and animals, so it is a true thing. Uh, animals, I'm sure there has been stories of cows flying in tornadoes all the time. The NOAA and the NSSL are presented in the film, and their beef, not so much, but you know their, their presence in the film is felt. Uh, there are actually F5 tornadoes uh, in the Fujita scale. However, it's noted in the research that I found that the big boy that we see in the end of Twister that took out Jonas and some of his team was eerily similar to the tornado that hit in El Reno, Oklahoma in 2013. Uh, it quickly grew to a 2.6 mile wide tornado before abruptly changing direction and killing all three of experienced storm chasers in the process. Many, I like how you uh, like shortened this to just NATO. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was in a hurry here. I was going to say NATO. See, now you got me overthinking it. Like, I should have said NATO. Like, I was like, fuck, I should have said fucking. I like it. I like it. We're, yeah. we're going to refer to them as NATOs moving forward. Oh, please. Let's get them NATOs. But yes, uh, many of the weather jargon apparently is extremely accurate as well. Uh, I wouldn't fucking know what any of it is, so I would just think it's all extremely accurate. But, you know, also I looked into what the movie got wrong. Now, uh, in the opening scene with young Joe and her parents, Joe's father references the Fujita skill. However, that was not developed until two years later. Now, the, the Fujita scale was developed in 71 by T. Theodore Fujita at the University of Chicago. But the thing that the movie gets wrong about the Fujita scale is that it's a way to assess tornado damage. And a rating is provide later, provided later on after people are able to look at the observable evidence um, at once it's hit the area. So the whole time when they're calling tornadoes, we got an F2, F3, F4, F5, you know, that, that's not something that they would ever say in terms of like weather terminology. Yeah, it's, it's like bringing a, a girl home from the bar and like, and, you know, and like hooking up with her, like, yeah, I just like, I nailed a 10. And then you wake up and like her makeup's off. And you're like, eh, maybe it's <laughs> yeah, you got to see the observable damage the next day. And that's in daylight. I'm sure that's where Fujita, I'm sure if you tra- if you could just look at the translation, it means daylight. Got to look at it at the daylight. That was, that was stupid, but whatever. Anyway, also, Jay, I will say, because we're two Kentucky boys here. I mean, we've been through... Not saying we're fucking veterans or anything, but we've you know been through a couple tornadoes, uh, and I certainly remember seeing green skies whenever uh, bad weather was in the area, and always immediately thinking that a green or a yellow tint. Always immediately thinking like, oh my god, there's a tornado that's going to happen. Like, where's the funnel cloud? Uh, but however, green skies—they're a myth, man. Uh, researchers, researchers really aren't sure why skies look green, but according to the Weather Channel, any correlation between green skies and tornadoes—that's a total myth. So interesting thought there. I think it has to do with the the darkness of the clouds and then the sun behind them, and you know, kind you're of, talking about why we get that green tint. Yeah, I think that would probably have quite a bit to do with it—is is the actual density of the clouds with the sun uh, protruding them. It's like if you take a yellow. Uh, 
colored piece of clear film and you put a uh, what green piece of foam over that, that's going to give you uh, orange, I believe. No, that's red and yellow. I don't know, but you know what I'm saying. It's been a while wow. since I learned my primary colors. Wow. Jay, you fucking cracked the code. Like, literally, this podcast exists, and you just figured out why skies are green. You, I would have to assume it's, it's the same effect. After watching a lot of sunsets down here, cloudy and not cloudy, you see the different colors. I would assume. I could be completely wrong. I have no idea. <laughs> it could have some, I, I do know when, when water is grouped together, it's either green or it's, uh, it's blue. <coughs> and also... Um, it could also play with like some of the static electricity in the clouds as well, you know, having an effect on the, uh, the color and how it comes through complete guess. Maybe I'm right. Someone tell me I'm wrong. I don't know. We'll look for it in the comments, um, from one of our 17 listeners we have. Uh, so there was no weather breaking storms in Oklahoma that occurred throughout this film. Uh, so that was a, a complete farce. Also, the other thing I will say that, uh, definitely got wrong was the, thunder and lightning at the same time that shit just don't happen that way man me being a, a 31 year old man i know this shit i fucking know that the lightning comes first and then the sound and you count that shit by the seconds and then you figure out how far the storm is i know that stuff don't you yep that's called uh, the speed of light versus the speed of sound all right baby happen at the same time if the lightning is you know within 100 feet of you i'm sure Sure, Jay. Fucking break it down here. Thank you. Uh, now, real-life storm chasers would also probably avoid many of the risks that the film's characters take in this movie. Uh, you definitely can't hang on, as you said here, to under a little bridge as a tornado rages over you. In fact, you can't hang out over a bridge at all. It's actually considered the wrong thing to do, which, to be honest, I learned that today, and I probably should have known that earlier in life. I've always heard, like, when you're on the road, you know, I, don't you remember, like, I, I swear my mom would always tell me, like, if you're on the road, like, go find, and your tornado hits, like, go find a bridge or go find a ditch and just get yourself under there and get some shelter. And I was like, you got yeah, it. I mean, you, you want to get as low as possible. I'd say if you're running from a tornado, probably avoid driving through the ditch like they do in the movie. Um, I had a social studies teacher in grade school who um, was driving when a tornado came through, and she was trapped in her car and went over her car and, like, picked it up and moved it a little bit. But she was fine. Um, that's so crazy. Yeah, I say, like, really? Inside, like put as many walls as you can go to the lowest place. But, um, when F five comes to town, man, I'm not really sure there's much you can do. I think it's just going to rip and pull it, you know, you out of, of, of really wherever you are. But yeah, that whole scene where like they're, you know, holding on to the bridge and even the last scene where they have the leather straps, which I, I, I kind of get cause the pipes go down under, but like the, that part was, you know, obviously that, that kind of movie dramatic, um, effect so um made for a hell of effect makes me really wonder if the middle of a tornado is um open like that with a little baby cyclone now apparently i forgot to add this in here but apparently like there has been one person or from like people as accounts they have seen the inside of a tornado and like they recall something similar with you being able to kind of see a clearing and then there being like another swirl in the middle of the tornado yeah, it's supposed to be very peaceful, honestly. Like there's absolutely like the eye of the storm, man. Hundreds of feet. Yeah, the eye of the storm is just like supposed to be like very calm and peaceful as it passes over you. Um, the other thing too, like that, just like any living person, um, 
you know, maybe outside of like a, a, a special forces operator, if you've had two close encounters that nearly results in your death in like a few days span, you're probably going to chill out for, you know, a week or two and not just like rush and chase down a third tornado to only have a third life and death situation. Like you're going to like, I think, pull back a little bit. You know, this is like, oh, we almost died. OK, cool. Let's do it again. Oh, we almost died again. OK, cool. Let's do it a third time. Oh, my God, we're almost dying. Like, no, I think you'd be like, yo, I don't want to die. I'm going to take a couple weeks off, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I would be taking more than a couple weeks off, too. <laughs> well, you know, hey, why not? It's Hollywood. Yeah, well, Hollywood will do what Hollywood wants to do, and including uh, remaking this fucking movie, which I'm not happy about. Uh, oh, goodness. I know, Jay. I know. I'm sorry. Who in the hell are they going to get in this movie? I mean... The movie carries enough weight now for it to gather at least one big star and then them grab a bunch of famous YouTubers and maybe throw them in. It's going to be freaking Gerard Butler. Honestly, I wouldn't mind that one. Or or The Rock. Mm, Actually, I can see it going that way. I hadn't really thought about it. It's going to be Gerard Butler and Emily Blunt. No, it would be The Rock and Emily Blunt, if anything. I, I I don't know. The Rock seems to have a little bit more dignity. Gerard Butler's just doing any movie he gets now. I mean, yeah. The dude is a he is a Liam Neeson action star now. He's done three angel three fallen movies now and Oh uh, wow, they're talking to Joseph Kaczynski who's doing the Top Gun remake. Yes, that's who it is. And I don't know, like, you know, dude, look, could be proven wrong. I thought whenever they did, and I know this isn't a reboot, this is a continuation, but I thought when they were chose to do even anything else with Jumanji, I thought it was a bad idea. Uh, but that came in hot and it was great. I really like Jumanji. Which, Jumanji's are fire. They're so good. They're better than I thought they would be. Uh, and I, I really like them. Uh, but again... You got a long way to go here. Let's let's see how Top Gun does. Yeah, let's see how, how Goose is doing. Oh, that's right. He's dead. Well, dude, Goose is going to be reincarnated. They brought his body back. They're able to turn him into a Cybertron, and he's actually, like, part plane now. Oh, okay. It's like the movie Stealth. <laughs> what a shitty movie. I forgot about that movie, man. Who's in that? that ended is that Cuba Gooding Jr.? Pretty sure that ended Jessica Biel's act. No, no, it, it's um, Jessica Biel, Jamie Fox, Jamie Fox. Well, wow, there goes my racism right there. Um, but yeah, Jamie Fox, and then it was also the guy from Pet Cemetery that we covered not too long ago, I think. Was it really? Uh, no, maybe not. All right, it's another guy who looks just like him. It's Josh Lucas. He's the oh, Josh Lucas, the guy who plays the bad guy. I don't know why this is my memory here, but the guy who plays the bad guy in Too Fast, Too Furious. Cole Hauser? No, it's not Cole Hauser. The guy who plays the bad guy in in Too Fast, Too Furious is the same guy we're thinking of in stealth. Absolutely. No, it's not. That's Cole Hauser. Dude. All right. Bro, I am telling you 100% that he's not in the movie. Dude. Dude. Oh. Wait. You're right. But like, okay, okay, okay. Uh, but anyway, what were your takeaways from this movie? Hold on. We're not done yet. Stealth cast. 
Oh, man, they do. They do look the same. They look the same. Oh, my God. You are they look this. White people. You, you think all white people look the same. Dude, this motherfucker has a big ass forehead. And right, he, so I'm going to go ahead with the takeaways now. So one of the, this is one of the great American films of the past 30 years. There's amazing, iconic actors in nowadays time like Paxton, like Philip Seymour Hoffman, like Helen Hunt. Who the fuck knows what happened to Helen Hunt, though? She's a director really now. It really doesn't get much better than, than this cast in their prime. Amazing take on the disaster movie. It was a blockbuster, uh, something that if you were born um, in the 70s, 80s, or probably even 90s, like you've seen this movie, and it's an iconic movie that is just great. It's a movie that holds up. It doesn't seem cheesy nowadays. I mean, a little cheesy, but it still has you know a lot of weight to it. And thorough, enjoyable, enjoyable movie that you could watch, you know, once a month if you find it on TV. <laughs> it is one of those movies you stop and you're like, cool, I, I'm going to watch this on TV because it's on, absolutely. And it's on Netflix now, so you should watch it. To be honest, it's, it is it is worth the watch. It's like uh, Point Break for me. Like, I'm going to watch Point Break every yeah. time it comes on TV. I don't give a fuck. Utah, get me too. Yeah, and I, I know you're talking about I know you're talking about Point Break in the 90s here, but please don't talk about the remake over here. Terrible movie. Okay, I didn't mind. It was it was a horrible movie, but I I liked it. I watched it probably five times. Oh, you watched the remake five times? Yeah, I like the soundtrack, and plus I love that actor too. Uh, the uh, yeah, uh, he's, he's an actor I really like. He's Ed, Eduardo, Eduardo, or no? Fuck, what is his name? Um, it's gonna. I have to know. Uh, Something with a G is his last Ed, name. Edgar Ramirez. Yeah, Edgar, Edgar Ramirez. He's been in a lot of movies. Oh, uh, something I watched with him on, it was uh, the Last Days of American Crime, mm. or something like that. Where well, he was also in. G- he was also in uh, that um, Versace show just a couple years ago. Oh too. yeah, yeah. I, I watched like the first like four episodes, but uh, but never finished it. But yeah, no, he's definitely. Uh, He's definitely popping up in, in things left and right, but uh, he, it, the last days of American Crime. I want to say it was on Netflix or who pretty pretty kind of cool take on a movie. They all like chips implanted in them, and then uh, like at twelve o'clock that night or whatever, they're gonna switch uh, flip the switch and it's gonna control everyone so no one can cause crime or whatever. Um, but yeah, anyway, interesting. Uh, a little, little sidetracked here, but uh, well, my takeaways of this film was you know my takeaways it was it's a solid. Whatever, we had our arguments early about this. Let's have it on the air too, sure. But it's a solid nineties film. But look, if it you replace nineties with you replace B with nineties. No, that was always existent. B is down here a little bit further down. Okay? It's a B movie. It's a B movie. Anyway, it's a solid nineties film. But to be honest, if it wasn't for those groundbreaking special effects and the solid cast as well as the amazing writers and producers, I don't think that this movie would be what it is like, you know, have that type of like stature that it does today. Like the, 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 the reason it's propelled so well isn't because it's a great movie. It's propelled because it has such an iconic cast and it has such iconic people behind it, such as Spielberg, such as Kathleen Kennedy, you know, such as uh, uh, Michael Crichton. Like the, these are big names that you know today. That's the reason why I think that it, it receives its status. Uh, I mean, like, yes, it has great actors in it and a great team behind it, but it's still just an overall 
great iconic movie, man. It, it's a solid dude. It's a great movie. I love watching it. Nothing problem. No problems like with it whatsoever. I'm just, I'm just saying, it's a B movie. Like it's, it's still a great movie. Nothing wrong with B movies at all. It's just a, it falls in the B movie category to me. <laughs> I'd really think on this the whole episode. I was like, "How do I fucking crush Jay here? How do I? How do I tell him off that like, no, no, this is what I. This is this is what it is. This is what fucking is, guy." Whatever you're into, bud. Oh man. Well, honestly, one of our shorter episodes that we've ever done. Uh, I still had a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying this based on real events stuff. The the diving into the the real history of things. It's kind of funny how many things out there are just like really based on true events that people want to turn into something. Um, yeah, no, it is. Uh, it's opened up, a, opened up a whole whole world of joy to us. Whole bunch of joy. Whole bunch of joy. Anyway, I'm Mr. EJ Gullet, signing off from Los Angeles. Jay, anything to say to the audience before we head out? I'm Jay Kington. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. From South Florida? <laughs> Thank you very much for tuning in and bearing with uh, us. And, uh, yeah, it's been fun. Tune in next week as we uh, cover something else. We don't really know what we're going to do yet. It's coming slowly. Uh, And go watch Twister on Netflix, please.